As the man drove, Jane clutched her duffel bag tighter to her chest. Despite her best intentions, she couldn't help but sniff back tears. She tried to be as quiet as possible, not wanting the stranger to notice her weakness. So, which way? he asked. You want to get on the George Washington Memorial Parkway? She had no idea what had made her climb into a car with a strange man. Maybe it was the way he'd been kind to her, in spite of himself. She could tell from his tone and pinched expression that he didn't really want to give her a ride, but somehow felt obligated. She sneaked a quick glance at him. The man was freakishly good-looking, with calm eyes and the cleanest, most beautiful profile. Of course, serial killers never looked like serial killers until they were caught. Did it matter? What was done was done. Besides, he really was driving toward McLean. If he was going to kill her and dump her body, McLean was the wrong place. Suddenly, he plucked a tissue from a box between them and handed it to her. She wrapped it around a finger and dabbed her eyes. Things would have to get better. There was no way she could go any lower than this. Her stiff knuckles and joints thawed as the heater blasted hot air at her. She should just enjoy the warmth inside the car for now. So, what's your name? She asked. Ian. I'm Jane. He nodded, but didn't say anything else. He didn't even have the radio on. The silence was awkward, but she didn't dare touch the sleek, spotless controls. She didn't know much about cars, but this one had money written all over it. She already owed the bank 50,000 bucks. She didn't want to owe Ian money for breaking his radio. She studied him surreptitiously instead. He had thick, powerful wrists and a watch that looked expensive. The material his clothes were made of was something she'd never seen before. The fact that nobody from her hometown wore anything like what he was wearing said it was probably high-quality stuff. His dark hair was perfectly cut, undoubtedly by a stylist who charged hundreds of dollars. She wrapped her duffel bag strap around her index finger. She'd never been inside a beauty salon. She cut her own hair since she couldn't afford anything else. Everyone knew Jane Connolly had no money. About the church. Ian began, I don't think that's a good idea. Why not? What are you going to do there? Pray for help? She choked back a laugh. Definitely rich. A lot of them have shelters. Oh, well, I doubt the churches in McLean do. The area isn't exactly teeming with poor people. But you promised. No, I didn't. I said get in. She glared at him. Seemingly unaware of her annoyance, he frowned, while studying the smaller streets and houses around them. Since you have nowhere to go, maybe you can spend the night where I'm staying at. Uh, don't worry. It's a big house and you can have your own room. That's not the point. You can just drop me off wherever. I'm not going to impose on anyone. And there was no way she was spending the night with him alone. No matter how big he claimed his house was, she wasn't stupid. His frown deepened. One night won't be an imposition. Besides, if you lurk around this kind of neighborhood at night, you'll probably get arrested for loitering or vagrancy.
Then what are you going to do? He made a turn. If you don't like the house, I can arrange for a hotel once I find my phone charger. It's out of juice. Jane bit her lower lip and pulled her legs in closer. A sense of defeat weighed on her. No amount of pride would help improve her situation. She hated taking charity, but right now, she had no choice. Getting arrested would be the final nail in the coffin to ruin her life. Ian parked the car in front of a three-story mansion. It didn't look like mansions she'd seen on TV, but house was too humble a word to use for something like this.